episode 374, celebrating 10 years of Strangers and Aliens. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so wise you are. was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. I'm Ben. Ben Avery sitting solo in the pilot seat for this podcast episode. And it's funny that I would call it the pilot seat because we are going to play back for you the pilot episode of Strangers and Aliens to celebrate 10 years. Uh, this week, actually this past week, we passed our anniversary. And so uh, I was I just happened to be looking and realized, oh, wait, this this first episode of, of Strangers and Aliens was exactly 10 years ago this past week. And so I don't know, we don't normally re well, we do repeat topics. Um, it, it has happened where we have even forgotten that we did a topic and then found out we actually had two episodes about, I don't know, something like out of the silent planet where we started a series years and years and years ago, and then started it again years later. But what we're doing here for this episode is going to be to repost the uh, Strangers and Aliens episode one, Why Sci-Fi. So this episode was released November 14th, 2011. Why Sci-Fi episode one. Here's the description. Our first episode of Strangers and Aliens, the podcast is up and ready to go. In this episode, our intrepid heroes discuss what got them interested in science fiction and fantasy in the first place and why imaginative fiction engages them now. After you listen to the episode, we'd love to hear what you have to say. If you want to contact us privately, you can click on the contact button above and send us a message using the contact form there. Side note, the contact form is no longer there because I had to disable that because we were just getting a lot of spam. In fact, I actually had to disable our actual email address. So if you do want to contact us here at Strangers and Aliens, please use the email address studioavery at gmail.com until I can get the uh, strangersandaliens.com domain email address up and running. Again, this is the email address that we have to go with, and I'm actually using it for all of the podcasts that I'm involved with currently. Uh, so back to the description, it says, do you want to share what first got you interested in sci-fi or maybe what keeps you from getting into it? Do you have some thoughts about the power of story or do you think we're just plain wonky? Go ahead and leave a comment below. 
We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and Godspeed. Now things have changed over the last 10 years. You will notice a difference in sound quality. And you'll also notice uh, I in the description of the episode, I used the word Godspeed, but then I was happy to see, yeah, in that first episode, I did close out the episode saying Godspeed. I don't think that every single episode that we did back then ended with me uh, closing by saying thanks for listening and Godspeed, but I was, yeah, I, I, I actually couldn't remember when the first time was that I actually used that closing. Apparently it was in that first episode, so that's kind of cool. But you'll also notice some differences like uh, it's it's me, it's Dr. Jace O'Neill, and it's Steve McDonald. And obviously Evan came in at a later point, and uh, Dr. Jace hasn't been with us for quite a long time. So what you're going to get from this episode right now, and one of the reasons why I wanted to use this episode was because this is buried now. It is no longer in the feed on iTunes. It's on our website still. But if you're looking at our iTunes feed, this episode's no longer there. And this episode was kind of introducing ourselves. It was introducing our sci-fi stories. And, you know, I was talking about the power of story. Well, this actually was our story. And it was also, you know, what intrigues us about science fiction and what makes it uh, spiritually attractive and that kind of thing. And so uh, it's kind of cool to get Dr. Jace back on, even though he is coming back on from the past. Speaking of the past, we throw in some time travel jokes in there. And this is, again, very appropriate as we are bringing these voices from the past here into the future, the future of 2021, which is crazy to think about. I don't think that I expected Strangers and Aliens to last uh, 10 years. And I know things have been a little bit slower here, but we're still plugging. We're still going along. And there's, like I said, there's been changes. We've had uh, host change with Dr. Jace just going and focusing in on his new job when he had to leave as a pastor. And it's fun to watch him on Facebook and see that that church is just thriving and there's a lot of cool stuff going on with that church. Uh, I don't live near them, but I do follow them on Facebook and and it's fun to see some of the new things that they're doing. And when they make their announcement videos and stuff like that, it's fun to see him and hear his voice again. Obviously, like I said, we brought in Evan and I think that one of the things we'll do in an upcoming episode is repost his first episode with us. I think that might be kind of fun as well. Steve and I obviously we're still here and <laughs> Steve, I think we were making jokes about him being old back then, um, and now I think I am the same age as him, or close to it, from back then when we were making fun of that. But, you know, time has passed on, our our families have, have changed and grown, um, Evan's added children into his family, uh, Dr. Jace has added children into his family, and we've moved into different jobs, and we've moved into different homes. But one thing that has remained constant is our love for for God, our love for Jesus, and our love for the, the power of story. And obviously, we've talked about this before, about Jesus's parables and how Jesus's parables are so important in his ministry and how he used story to engage people and to engage their spirit and their imagination. And uh, yeah, so that's Again, kind of what this episode that is coming that I'm going to replay for you from 10 years ago. It's part of what this is is going to be doing. 10 years, you know, we've some other things that have changed and have come and gone. You know, we've had 
Star Wars movies come that we never expected to have happen. And so we've had also the Star Wars movies kind of taper off and stop coming. And we've had the, the advent of streaming has come. And so we've had, you know, just kind of a renaissance in science fiction through streaming. But again, as things change, there are other things that just plain don't change. It is interesting right now. I'm in a period of my life where I have been kind of experiencing a lot of change or have experienced a different emotional response to some of the change that has been going on around me. I just wrote a, a drama for an event we did for our, our Kidman program where I'm, you know, something that changed back then I was a janitor at a church who wrote, uh, as a, as my primary job. And now I am a pastor, a children's pastor at a church who writes for my, um, part-time, you know, supplemental income sometimes. And, uh, but one of the things I did for our current church where I am is we did a, a, a daddy daughter date program. And I wrote a story about things changing, and it's basically taking a look at a tree. And as the tree changes over the year, there's a little girl who's upset about the change, and her dad is kind of walking through those changes changes with her. And so I'm writing this as I'm dealing with my own family changing and watching my my girls grow up and my two oldest, my, my oldest son and my oldest daughter going to college and my, my youngest son turning 11 uh, just a, a week or two ago. And so he's only one year older than the podcast, but, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm writing this thing and I'm listening to, uh, soundtracks from Miyazaki, uh, movies and it's, it's symphonic soundtrack stuff, you know, so it's taking whatever he has done and, and just rearranging it for a more symphonic feel. And it's, it's great writing music, but then the Ponyo music starts and the Ponyo music, that's from a you know one of his more children based movies and i used to watch that thing with my kids with my daughters and it's not symphonic it's it's piano and it's kind of a piano and a harpsichord and maybe a little bit of strings behind that and it's really slow i mean in the movie that song is hey let's you know and in this this version of it i'm just like oh my goodness and it's just this all of a sudden these memories are flooding back, but they're flooding back with the accompaniment of this really saccharine music that's playing. And I'm just like, Oh, and I, and I, I wondered if I was gonna have to get up and close my office door because of this, this emotional response that was coming. And, um, I welled up, I didn't cry, but I did, I did well up a little bit. I mean, I'm writing a story about a father dealing with change with his daughter and, and uh, he's looking at this tree that's changing and he's remembering when it was planted by his dad, you know, years and years and years ago. And he's looking at the changes and everything. And I wrote it for a daddy daughter thing, but uh, I wanted to, you know, engage the dads as well. Why apparently I engaged myself, but the big thing behind it is that, you know, changes come, changes go, but you know, one thing that won't change is, is my love for you. And so as we're thinking about changes, as we're looking at the things around us in the world and pop culture, and as we're looking at the things that are changing in, in the political landscape, and boy, oh boy, I mean, there, who could have predicted that we, we actually would have lived through the stand uh, in some ways? You know, who, who could have predicted that we would be living through a very low-key zombie apocalypse with, with our uh, COVID stuff and everything? But um, 
all this stuff is happening around us. Things change, changes come and changes go. And one thing doesn't change and that's God's love for you. And so whether you've been listening with us from the beginning, from 10 years ago, and I know some of you have been, some of you have been listening since that, or whether you've been listening from, you know, five months ago, and you've been looking maybe at some of our back episodes and, you know, whatever, whatever, God loves you, cares for you so much. And I just hope that there's a little bit of encouragement there as we are listening to this thing from the past 10 years, man, I just can't believe uh, 10 years. That's that's 20% of my life that I have spent, uh, you know, in a chair in front of a microphone every week or so, or in the case of current uh, events with strangers and aliens every month or so, you know, we've, we've had some, some time between the episodes, but God loves you so much and he is watching over you. He cares for you. He's taking care of you. He sees you. He loves you. And we can be very thankful that he has given us, uh, given us not just story, which is awesome in and of itself, but he's given us his story through the scripture. And it's just, yeah. And as we are stepping into Thanksgiving, that's something that I'm very, very thankful for. And I'm very excited to take a vacation and take some books with me to be able to read some stories that I haven't had a chance to read. So anyway, I'm going to play this episode and I am not going to come back to the microphone at the end of the episode. I'm going to let it play. So please remember that at the very end of this episode, when the music is playing and there's the voiceover saying you can contact us, blah, blah, blah. uh, Some of that contact stuff might be out of date, you know, and as far as the future of this podcast. I know in this episode we talk about, (laughs) we'll be talking about time travel. And I believe, let me check and see, but I think that our next episode after this was indeed about time travel. Let's see here. The next, oh, we, this is when we used to do blog, blog posts and we did some reviews, some quotes. Here's a quote from Isaac Asimov on religion. That's interesting. He says, it is impossible to write science fiction and really ignore religion. What if we find intelligent beings on other worlds? Do they have a religion? Is our God universal? And is he, she, it, their God as well? What do we do about it? What do they do about it? This point is almost never taken up. But since it would certainly arise if such beings were discovered in actual fact, science fiction loses touch with reality and taking the easy way out and pretending religion doesn't exist. This makes me think of a upcoming topic that we're going to need to talk about, which is Isaac Asimov's foundation, the books and the series. Oh man, very interesting series. I don't know how much I like it because I haven't gotten through the whole thing and I'm also rereading the books as I go along, but uh, it's definitely worth talking about and there's some really good stuff about it. There's just a lot of differences that between the books and, and the series. That's something to talk about in the future. Anyway, indeed, episode two was about time travel. So that is what we predicted at the end of this episode you're about to listen to. Uh, As far as the next actual episode of Strangers and Aliens, it will be our road trip to see Eternals. And then beyond then, uh, I am not sure. So with all that said, without any further ado, here is complete and uncut (laughs) the first episode of Strangers and Aliens, Episode 1, Why Sci-Fi.
welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? Truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so wise, you was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to the pilot episode of Strangers and Aliens, a podcast about faith and imagination. I'm Ben. I'm Steve. And I'm Dr. Jace. And this is the show where three geeks talk about science fiction and fantasy and imagination and everything and look at it through the lens of our faith. Or it could be the other way around, looking at our faith through the lens of science fiction and fantasy. Um, since this is the pilot episode, not many people know us. In fact, possible that nobody knows us. So let's hey, go hey, ahead and... Hey, speak for yourself. I, I, I am, but I'm also oh. speaking for you. Oh. So, um, let's do it. <laughs> you a, know me. That's all that matters. You know me. So let's do a, a quick, uh, just a brief introduction to yourself. Uh, if anybody wants more in-depth information, they can go to our website and everything. But um, I am Ben uh, Avery, and I'm a writer. I write comic books mainly. I um, created a series called Armor Quest, which is fantasy and science fiction. So, I mean, I, I love this stuff, and I've been into this stuff just for, you know, since I've been able to be aware of the world around me. I've been aware of this stuff. So that's me, Steve. I'm Steve MacDonald. I'm a writer and editor, although um, by my output, you probably wouldn't know that. Um, I am working on a whole bunch of stuff, though, so just, uh, just uh, I'm on the cusp. I'm, I'm, I'm riding the wave. Just wait. Um, just right there, right I'm, there. Uh, I'm on the tip of my own tongue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, uh, see how that's physically possible, but boy, what an image that gives it, yeah, you. Yeah, it is a great visual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disturbing, um, but great. Th- thank you, thank you. Um, I've I've been a, a fan of uh, specular fiction and uh, and all this stuff since very early on. Um, I was ten years old when Star Wars came out, so you know you can just put a period after that, um, and it just rolled on. Wow, you're uh, old. I am elderly. Yes, you're you're up there. Yeah, he is the grand Wait. elder of this podcast, I believe. Yeah. Right. Do you need? Did you? I, I got some prunes. Do you need to borrow some? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no comment. Edit, edit, edit. <laughs> All right. And Dr. Jace? Yes. Uh, well, my name is Dr. Jace O'Neill, and uh, I'm a writer. I've written four books. My very first book was uh, Crazy Circus World. It was a very imaginative picture book for children. Uh, but a lot of my background comes in acting. I was a professional actor I've, and talent agent, and um, uh, I have my uh, counseling background and, and different things like that. I love story. I love story, and I especially like story from the character's perspective. I really like to delve into to characters of, of some of the famous and maybe not so well-known stories. All right. So our, our topic today for our pilot episode 
is um, just a very simple, it's almost like a mission statement for this, this entire podcast in some ways. And that is the, the question, why sci-fi? And um, you just kind of, we're going to talk about why we want to talk about science fiction, why we're interested in fantasy, uh, speculative fiction, imagination, story, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm going to throw it out to you guys. Why sci-fi? Uh, well, he mentioned Star Wars. Is there any other place to start but Star Wars? I think for most people about our age, no. No. And and I like the way you put it there, you know, Steve, with Star Wars, you just put a period right there. And, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was three or four when Star Wars came out. And I remember sitting in front of the TV and actually, I think it was before Star Wars, I remember sitting in front of the TV and my, and the commercial for Superman came on. And my dad, I don't remember watching the movie in the theater, but I do remember my dad turning to me and saying, you want to go see that? Um, so maybe for me, actually, it's pre-Star Wars. Maybe it's even the Super Friends cartoon. Yeah, Super Friends is really cool. Except, you know, I do have an issue with it being that they made Aquaman, like, really not cool. But other than that, yeah, Super Friends is really cool. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, we can talk about Aquaman in another podcast. Aquaman is one of my favorite superhero oh wait i just lost all credibility for any listener right now. but um it should have been no, called no, no. aquaman I'm, and the aqua friends i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> man you lost all credibility early on you said we're all nerds you uh, i didn't say we were nerds i said we were geeks man oh oh sorry geeks, as yeah, as you said, yeah. geeks we just lost the entire female population <laughs> they just stopped listening there well you know we're all married so obviously we've got some value yeah, we're, we are, are, are value. we're like um, geek chic. Yeah, and, sure. Yeah, um, I didn't pre-approve the the geek term for us. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't hear that part. So. All right. All right. You know, I did read that to you. This is the only part we had written out, and I read it to you. So. I know, but I told you I was ignoring you. <laughs> so back to the original question here. Well, I, I can see a lot of rabbit trails in this podcast. Yeah. Now that it's a bad thing, as long as so, uh, so. Wait, are you saying you want to talk about Alice in Wonderland now? Ah, ah, actually, you ah. know, I've written a book about Alice. Oh, You've written really? what six oh, books see, about Alice? Yeah, well, well, two different series, but yeah, You're a little fixated so, on Alice. The podcast is really just to promote all your stories. I got it. We yeah, got it. yeah, do it. that's it. Uh, by the way, if you go to my website, which is benavery.com, <laughs> you can pre-order. <laughs> uh, no, anyway, uh, back to Super Friends. Wow, you know, it's a it's a natural rabbit trail. But, you know, back to Super Friends, I watched Super Friends, I read comic books, I went and saw the Superman movie. Um, my cousin, I lived in Canada when all this was happening, and my cousin had seen Star Wars before me. Uh, and he brought some, and my grandmother gave me some action figures, that was my introduction to Star Wars. But Star Wars really is the one that caught my imagination and and really made me want to tell these stories. And, you know, I remember even in third grade writing Star Wars stories. Um, of course it wasn't called fan fiction back then because I was in third grade and I was just writing stories about star Wars stuff, man. Right. Right. I'd say for me, you know, we mentioned star Wars, but I have to say probably the, my big intro, as far as what drew me into science fiction, sci-fi was star Trek, the next generation for me. That is what got me to really, really want to know more. Of course, superheroes and there's all sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was Picard. I like. I wanted to serve with Picard. He was really. Cool. I mean, seriously, he was bald and he was cool. So but yeah. okay, so you started watching Next Generation when it first started coming around, or was I, it? Did you catch it later on? 
You know, I don't remember. I just remember that that accent, the bald guy and <laughs> and Data, they were so cool. So I and what I liked about it was the stories. And I started to find out that there's like other movies and other TV shows that were using the same storylines as Star Trek. And I'm like, wait a minute. This Star Trek storylines, they're being stolen. And it, to me, it was a very creative, invigorating thing. But, you know, we, we're talking yeah, about yeah. – I mean, I know – I'm guessing you're an original series guy. That's from your tone. That's what I'm getting. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, but here – well, here's what happened though. For a long time, I thought Star Trek was bad uh, because uh. I saw – and my dad remembers the episode even. He, he told me. It was the episode with the half black and half white guy and then the right. other guy who was half black on the other side and half white. And for some reason, it scared me. It really creeped me out. And oh. I remember I got one of those comic book packages that had three comics in it. And you could it was clear. You could see the one on one side. You could see the one on the other side. And in the middle, you couldn't see that one. Yeah. And that was given to me. And it had a Star Wars on one side and a Star Wars on the other side. And in the middle, it was a Star Trek comic. And oh. I remember opening it and showing it to my dad and being like, Dad, like <laughs> this is bad, isn't it? And my dad's just like, oh, yeah, nice. I'm like, yeah. isn't there something wrong with this? And so I read the comic. I enjoyed it. But, you know, Star Wars led to me watching Star Trek reruns, original series. Gotcha. And then I remember my buddy in, I think it was seventh grade. Yeah, it was it was grade seven. He found a newspaper clipping of that they're making a new series and he gave it to me. And I put that in my wallet and kept that newspaper clip in my wallet for a long, long time uh, just because – I was like, this is too good to be true. And I remember then we moved right after that. And, uh, and, and so I had that, that was almost I, like a, a thing, like a, a link back to my friend who I guess is, is having that in I, my wallet. But I could, I can see that Ben, you know, the, the thing that's funny is you see, you thought Star Trek was evil. You know, I actually thought Star Trek was evil too, but not because of the, the white black uh, face guy, but because people in the church who had never seen Star Trek would always tell me, you know, that guy with the pointy ears, that's the devil. Because anybody with yeah. ears, people with pointy ears, I mean, that's obviously a demon. You know, just look at his haircut. Look at the haircut. He's a demon. And so they made these. So that was kind of like what I, you know, I remember early on. You know what my second introduction to Star Trek was, though, after that comic book that my dad was okay with? Someone gave some boxes of books to my church. And it, these boxes of books were put under the steps of the church and we were allowed to go through them and look at the books you know it was almost like having a church library only not organized and you weren't checking it out you were just taking it on an honor system one of them was a photo comic where they oh, took yeah. photos from an episode a tv episode yeah. and and turned it into a book a comic book and it was of the um second star trek pilot episode so my second introduction to star trek was actually in the church like I asked the pastor, can I borrow this? And the pastor's like, yeah, sure. Whatever. You know, he, he didn't know what it was, you know? And, but I have heard people say that before Jace about the, the pointy ears. In fact, that was a, a note. I think Gene Roddenberry got from the executives was, was the pointy eared guy uh, look too devilish or whatever. Steve, what about you? You'd mentioned star Wars, but is, was there anything else that kind of really trumpeted your interest into sci-fi? Well, I think, I mean, you know, I, I, I am the old guy. So when I was growing up before Star Wars, we would watch Star Trek. We would watch the reruns that were coming out. And uh, I, we, obviously I was too young to, to catch the originals, but we would watch the reruns over at my grandmother's house. And um, it sort of like warmed us up 
for other science fiction stuff. And when you, you see everything, it's just sort of an enclosed ship. And anytime they go down to a planet, they got their guns out and everything. It, it's sort of like they're very wary about yeah. it. But then you go to, to Star Wars and, you know, you're half an hour, 15 minutes, half an hour in. You're opened up to this, this place where, yes, it's a barren planet, but it's open. And they're, you know, riding around and there's, you know, indigenous animals and all this different stuff and cities that you go to. And, and, and it's, it's, it was different than having a starship where you're cooped up in this box, very, you know, surgical looking, you know, everything. And you, then you, you go to, to Star Wars where it's very, you know, cowboy. It's very out there. It's, you know, everything's dirty. Um, and going from, from one to the other was, uh, was, yeah. Well, I think, well, I think I there's think some it, budget things there too. I mean, Star Wars, yeah, you're right. It's big and it's open. They were on location mm-hmm. yeah. all the yeah, time. I mean, you. you know, and with Star Trek, a lot of those, you know, especially the alien planets yeah, they, were on a set. You know, yeah, yeah. it was and, and very closed in. I can totally see that, Steve. And the aliens were, were very different because, you know, like in Star Wars, you had these cool puppets. And in Star Trek, you had this like this alien that basically looked like a dyed carpet rolling around <laughs> on the ground. Yeah. But, you know, we've talked about kind of like what got our interest into it. What, what, which specific, we've talked about Star Trek and Star Wars and things like that. But what I'm curious to know, you know, because we're all Christians, what do you think, and I'll ask this to you, Ben and Steve, what do you think is it that draws us in? Obviously there's an imagination, but do you think on a, on a soul level, is there something that draws us to these things? Oh, first of all, Jace, I, you, you say you, you're going to ask this to uh, to Steve and I. Uh, who else would you ask it to? I'm wondering. I ask yeah. it to, I pretty much ask it to everybody. My neighbors, <laughs> I just walk up to them and say, "Hey, you know what? What do you think about sci-fi? Oh, is your soul is your soul drawn to it? You know, <laughs> you know. I do that all the time. I ask my wife before I asked her to marry me. You know, I asked her that. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, is your soul drawn to sci-fi? Oh yes. Okay. Then then will you marry <laughs> You're me? it. You're it. I found a woman who likes sci-fi. Let's oh, go. Oh man. You know, I honestly, my wife, she can't watch sci-fi at all. At I'm so sorry. All. Wow, are you, you know, serious? So, you know, I can tolerate what she likes, but man alive, uh, she can barely put up with it. And and that can happen with my mom too. My mom did not like science fiction, but she would watch Star Trek with me because she knew she could spend time with me. If she, if Star Trek was on, she, she knew I'd be there. Question, Ben, do you tell that to your wife too? You look over and go, I understand, honey. My mom used to do it just because we could spend time. Do you not yeah. want to spend time with me? Do you no, do that? I do not push that on my wife at all. You re- my you wife puts up so with much so of my much. Mom. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the, uh, But as, as your actual question, um, you know, what, what draws us in, uh, I'll tell you what, what really – you know, there was some connection with, with like Star Wars. Not so much, well, maybe with some of the themes of Star Trek. I mean, Star Trek is great at exploring themes and great at exploring ideas, you know, real world ideas through science fiction. And then with Star Wars, you kind of had that with this kind of longing, especially with Luke. And I always identified with Luke, partially because I was a little blonde kid, <laughs> um, you know, partially because I, you know, like Luke. Of course, Luke didn't have many friends. I didn't That's have a great. lot of friends, you know, and I, I grew up in the, you know, backwoods of Canada where there weren't a lot of people around, not quite a desert, but, you know, I, I really identified with, with Luke, you know, and, 
you know, these ideas of him looking for meaning and looking for, you know, his destiny and stuff like that. Um, and then also I remember my dad had a book called the force of star Wars, which is about, um, you saw the Christian elements in, in star Wars. And some of it was a reach. I mean, some of them yeah. reading this and just like, <laughs> Oh my goodness. I mean, I, I'm, I, I know this, I'm reading this in second and third grade and I'm like, that's too much. You know, that doesn't, right. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's, that's, that's the draw. I mean, the, the draw for star, for science fiction, especially, and, and somewhat with, with fantasy to me is just being able to explore these ideas of, of what it means to be a human, what our relationship is with other people and with the world, and to a greater extent, our relationship with God, even. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, I, I think that's a, an interesting point, because I think that our draw to sci-fi, to fantasy, to fiction as a whole, is that we are all drawn in one form or another to a bigger story than what we find ourselves in. And I think there's a spiritual dynamic there because, you know, as Christians, we believe that there's more than just what we can see and feel in our regular day. We believe that there's a spiritual world. We believe that there's things going on behind actions. And I believe that there's an emotional, a spiritual, and maybe even a psychological urging for people to desire something outside of the regular world. And I think that's very much a spiritual thing. Now, you find that we've, you know, we like sci-fi, but there are some people who dedicate their entire lives to Star Wars, to Stargate, and that becomes their religion. And I think that, obviously, I think there's an extreme, obviously, but I think there's actually a spiritual draw to we we want to be, there's something bigger. And we, Mm -hmm. as, as Christian guys, we know that that basically comes down to the Bible, to spirituality, and we view science fiction um, a little bit differently than maybe those who don't have uh, a Christian background. Right. I think uh, a lot of people, when they when they link into science fiction and they get the ideas and things, they start thinking to themselves, you know, oh, wow, there's there's something greater than us, and it's on a different planet, and we need to go there, and, you know, there's something greater, and it's, it's some alien intelligence that we have to meet and, and everything. And I think, you know, growing up as a Christian, I sort of said, you know, when I saw Star Wars the first time, I was really getting into science fiction. I said, there's something greater, but this stuff is 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 not real. This stuff doesn't really exist. I mean, we could, you know, maybe have a different episode on whether aliens exist or not. But to me, anyway, at the time, they didn't exist. And I said to myself, but it's telling like a shadow yeah, of this yeah. greater thing. And it's it's sort of like when I when I told my kids about Santa Claus early on, um, I had a whole thing set up where it was going to take a couple of years and they were going to believe in Santa Claus for a while. But when I told them the reality of it, and I said, "Yes, yeah, Santa Claus isn't real," but the thing is, there's something so much greater than that. And the story that I was telling you and involving you in is sort of like the story that God is telling us and involving us in. And I sort of brought them out of that that being tricked into believing Santa Claus, which isn't real into the reality. And I said, now you are in a story, but you know, it's a story. Wait, you were in a, you were in a story before. That's, because, that's really, I didn't realize I was going to learn something on this podcast. Wait a minute. You're telling me Santa's not real. Oh dear. Uh, we should put a, like a disclaimer on the front of this. A spo- the, the, the episode spoiler should probably alert. be called spoiler alert. Spoiler Just alert for your life. Ruined my whole view. <laughs> I, I don't know what uh, to do. Uh, 
This is uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> Back and if to you, Santa. If you rearrange oh, the man. letters in Santa, it spells Satan. Oh, <laughs> my kids discovered that literally <laughs> yesterday. My son was reading to my daughter and he read and he's like, and then they saw Satan. Hey, oh, wait, no, Santa. <laughs> hey, dad, did you know? <laughs> you know, what's interesting, though, that is that I don't know how you guys grew up. And I grew up, my dad was a pastor, but we grew up uh, in a variety of churches because he was a young minister. And so, you know, there were churches that believed that creativity and imagination was of the devil. They wow. really believed that. I remember... Uh, there was a season where I was not allowed to watch hardly any TV at all, and not just bad ones, but like at all, because of the church that we that we were a part of at that time, that creation and imagination was wrong. And, you know, all of a sudden, I, I remember, I don't remember when it was, I, I, don't, I don't remember at what point, but I remember having the realization that the very first thing that we know that God did mm-hmm. was Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created. And I think that each of us kind of have this desire. We're drawn to one story or another. We all have our different tastes, Mm -hmm. but that we're all kind of have that need to create and live in some kind of created uh, imagination. And I think that obviously there are bad things. Obviously, we would all agree that there are, but that it's powerful sci-fi imagination stories fantasy they are powerful and god can use them and i think they're very very interesting yeah yeah i i totally agree jace i i really do think that that the drive to create is a, an innate part of human nature and imagination is an innate part of human nature i mean storytelling itself that's the one common thread throughout history i shouldn't say one it's one of the <laughs> Right. Common threads yes. throughout history. This We've is, been telling. Sci-fi is the most important yeah. thing of all time. <laughs> More <laughs> than is, agriculture. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Society. Well, but More, you know, if you look family. at it though, if you look at you know what society values and everything like that, um, the storyteller is a value part of society right. just everywhere. I mean, we you know your agrarian society. What do they do? They told stories. You know your hunter gatherers. They told stories. Um, you know, and and then as you Jesus. As, Jesus told stories. Well, exactly. I mean, yeah, that's the greatest example. We know we know more of his stories than we do of his sermons. We have, hmm. re, you know, written for us more stories that he told than sermons. I'm sure he told more than just the Sermon on the Mount. Which you I think know, actually, but, which I actually think is important for Christians to realize because in today's society, especially in the Christian realm, there are so many people who. Uh, Christians who just want to preach at people, and they don't realize that one of the key things that Jesus did was he told stories to help understand and to create interest. I think that's yeah, very, yeah. very powerful. He engaged with a story, but then he was also able to um, explain, you know, a truth with a story. You know, his yes. parables, these spiritual truths mm-hmm. told Absolutely. through a story that people understood. I mean, these stories, I've heard the case made that one of his parables, the one about Lazarus, may not have been a made-up story. It may have been an actual thing about an actual guy named Lazarus because Jesus didn't use a proper name in any of his other parables. Right. Uh, But that said, every other story then was more than likely made up. uh, But what did he do? He told stories that engaged his listeners with – And 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 also what he did – was he communicated concepts that they would understand. He used agriculture, farming. Right, right. Paul did the same thing, uh, except when he was with the Greeks. What examples did he use when he was speaking to the Greeks? Do you guys know? 
Yeah, well, I use he, a, a number of different examples, but yeah. you know, with uh, for me, the one that sticks out, and maybe this isn't the one you think of, it may not be for the Greeks either, but it, you know, the the armor of God, where you've got him putting this this uh, picture, right? You know, word picture of you know, you know what this right. armor is for, and mm-hmm. you know, it's it's him yeah. taking against something you understand and you know, and applying a spiritual truth to it. Right. And, and that's a, a good example. What I was thinking of is that he, uh, Paul used the examples of running the race, athletics. Okay. You know, yeah, and, yeah. And so I think that, um, oh, and also art, the unknown God. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, exactly. The, he used something that related to them. And I think that's what's so interesting about, uh, storytelling is that, um, that through sci fi and fantasy and stories that we can, you know, there, this generation, especially in America, is all driven by stories. So if they, they might not listen to someone preaching to them, but they will listen to a story. And what's interesting, Jesus sometimes explained his parables and sometimes he did not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, yeah, some Christians think that they need to share absolutely everything. And some people just aren't ready for it. But And it's just like sci-fi. There are some stories that kind of give you a conclusion and an ending and an understanding. And there are some, like for me, 2001 Space Odyssey, that I will never fully understand. <laughs> You yeah, know, I, you know why you'll never – this is a whole other debate, but you know why you'll never fully understand 2001? Because the creators didn't fully understand what they were saying yeah. with it. Yeah, exactly. I mean they yeah. knew they were saying something important and something big in their minds, but they didn't know exactly what it was. But that makes it a good – in some ways a very good piece of art because there's lots of room for discussion about 2001. Well, I prefer art that has – you know a something that you can define, you know, that, that when the artist says, this is what I'm trying to create and then create something, then whatever you, you know, you can, you can discuss it and you can debate it, but it, it can always go back to what the creator wanted it to be. You know, well, you can say, well, well it looks I, like I, a fish and the other person says, it looks like a dog. If the creator says it looks like it was a bird, then, you know, you, you really can't say, no, you're wrong to the creator. Well, yes and no. I agree that, it's better when the creator has that in mind. I, I, an art, a, a work of art, is a better work of art for the creator having in mind what he's what what he's trying to say with it. But to me, one of the measures of art and whether or not it's, it's successful art, you know, good is a, is another thing altogether. But successful art is art that engages the viewer enough that they want to talk about it and, and converse mm-hmm. about it and, and understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and once, once they, once they know what the creator was trying to get at, then if they try to say, no, you're wrong, then the understanding part breaks down. See, I, I, I would slightly disagree because there are things, even in the Bible, and I'm not talking about taking things out of context, but uh, if you were to read a proverb or if you were to read something there are times when you read it one way and you get something out of it and then you come back and you get something completely different out of it and it's powerful at that time in your life. I don't – and sometimes as a writer or even if I've spoken, people would come to me and say, wow, I, this was so amazing. I got this out of it and that's not what I intended. I would disagree because if we're talking about art, if I'm just going to try to make everyone totally um, see – I have to believe that as a Christian, that the things that I do, that God is using me, and there are times he's going to use it in a way that I didn't necessarily intend it to be. 
Right, but that's God using it, and God can do that. And when we're talking about the Bible, we're talking about the, the Word of God. It's, it's moving and breathing and living. It's, it's the Word of God. Um, when, we, when you're talking about a person creating something, I think it, it puts it in a different realm. So, so, if, so, if every God, piece of, so every piece of art you think there has to be a concrete meaning to, because I'll tell you, when I look at a Shel Silverstein poem or when I've written some, sometimes I have a very intentional meaning for it, and sometimes I don't, but it's, I still enjoy it. Now, and I would, body, also, I would also argue that sometimes the intended meaning is not the one that comes out. Exactly. Um, right, but I think that skews toward a more postmodern type of expression, which I don't think is genuine. And this is something we can discuss, at, I think, at a later time, because it's something we would really need to dig in and to get all the nuances on. Um, yeah, because I have and, a great example, actually, for us to, to take a look at, where the intention actually was supposedly anti-God and anti-church, but then the end result ended up uh, being something that you couldn't deny the truth of God. And, and this, this, well, there's some stuff like that. So I obviously believe that there's a concrete truth. Obviously, um, I, from a postmodern perspective, I don't believe that truth is relative. I do believe art is relative. There's a difference, in my opinion. I would have to at least partially disagree, but I think it's going to get into something that is off topic. <laughs> All right. So you we've know, got I... our next episode topic. <laughs> Actually, this is not our next episode topic, but... <laughs> what is our next have, episode topic? Well, I, I don't know yet. I, I know we're doing time travel soon, but... Um, but back to why sci-fi. Yeah. Well, this is a rabbit trail, but, but honestly, you know, it all fits under that because we're talking about story and the power of story and the power mm-hmm. of art. And that's one of the reasons, that's one of the why sci-fis. You but why, why but, sci-fi instead of, let's say, romance novels? Because it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but, but let's say the, the best, the most well-written romance novel, the one that's the least trashiest, the one that actually has a point and all that stuff, there, there could be some that are like that. I mean, let's okay. uh, just, I just, just say I just, Pride, I just Pride and Prejudice. Out. I'm not saying it's a romance <laughs> novel, but let's just say Hold Pride on. and Prejudice. Why, why don't we, why aren't we talking about the Bronte sisters? Why aren't we talking about... Well, we you know, could. I mean, I'm... I, I, right, but why sci-fi? Why specifically sci-fi? I just fell asleep. You said Pride and Prejudice, and I just conked out. No, no. Pride and Prejudice <laughs> is a wonderful book. Fantastic. It is a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> okay. book. Um, but Your, your you wife's know, right next to you, isn't she? <laughs> no, she's not. No, she is not near me at all right now. I... You know, she's like, oh, you go do your sci-fi thing, whatever. Um, <laughs> but no, I, you know, Pride and Prejudice, you know, Jay's saying, you know, I, I just nodded off because you, you mentioned it. That's that's part of why sci-fi in that it's a genre that engages us. And I'm assuming what engages our listeners because they're not going to be, you know, listening to a, a podcast about science fiction and and stuff unless they like you know, science fiction and stuff. This is not going to be the podcast that I would show to my wife to say, yeah, see, this is why you should like science fiction. She's, you know, th- th- that's not what this podcast is about, but, but it engages us in a different way than a romance novel would. However, what about the romance that you find within science fiction? I mean, you know, these genres, that's another thing about sci-fi is that you have all these different genres that fit into science fiction. You have Western science fiction movies and books. You have, 
uh, hard-boiled detective books and, you know, movies that are basically science fiction, right. you know, and, you know, like Blade Runner. Um, you know, you have the whole Han Solo, Princess Leia thing in, in Star Wars. You have, uh, you know, Captain Kirk falling in love in every episode of the original series of Star Trek. You had a whole couple of seasons <laughs> at the end of The Next Generation where Counselor Troy and Worf were falling in love or whatever. And I then mean, he goes to Deep Space Nine and forgets her all together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then – Okay, and yeah. Then but that, just, oh, you see, you just got on one of my soapbox. Could you tell me if you if – you, if you're on a ship and you're Commander Riker and you were in love with a woman, tell me you'd be okay with her going out with another guy and being on the same ship? Okay, I don't think so. This is – you know, that's – those are the seasons of Next Generation when I was in college. I missed – a lot of episodes during that time because I just didn't have time, you know, and it, it was on at a bad time. You yeah. know, I, I wasn't able to follow anything really closely, uh, you know, as far as like appointment television, the X files, I, I should have gotten into the X files when it first started, but I didn't because that was Friday nights and I was in college. Yeah. Um, here's, here's the thing with that. I didn't understand that at all. I didn't understand. Like all of a sudden I turn it on. I'm like, what Worf and what her, <laughs> you know, and it didn't make any sense to me. And then he goes to Deep Space Nine and they never mention her. And he falls in love with, you know, Dax, the, the Dax. little Dax girl or whatever. And I'm like, what? Because the- Troy used her brain powers to make him forget. I don't know. But then, you know, then what I, you in know the what movies, I, though, he what- comes back on the ship and it's like, I I'm just here, you know, <laughs> and then, and then she Window marries Disney. Riker. <laughs> see, see, that's the one thing about the, the one thing about the Star Trek universe that would bug me is that they didn't always carry one storyline to the next. The one no, time they did no. it, the one time they did it, which was some of the best writing in the Star uh, Star Trek uh, Next Generation was with Picard and the Borg and how he had to deal with after being violated. He goes home, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I, that's the one thing that would bug is I, I wish they carried that a little bit more. But, um, but but Star Trek is a great example of all of these genre mashups, yeah. you know, where where science fiction, you you have the the mystery, you know, genre just transplanted into this other world. You have the romance transplanted into this other world. You have yeah. horror transplanted into this other world. I mean, horror time sci-fi time. is it? Yeah. Time. I mean, all of these different genres fit into science fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it, it just, it works. Uh, but science fiction as a whole, you know, when you're talking about different genres, it, it's a personal preference, honestly, as far as mm-hmm. genres go, <clears throat> it's, you know, I, I don't sit down and read romance novels. I don't. I, I want to write one. I have a romance novel that I want to write someday. But but you um, won't read it. But I won't read kid. it. No, I will write it. But I'll... see, that's the thing about sci-fi is you could do a romantic novel within a sci-fi context. That's the great thing about the 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 mode of sci-fi is that you can write whatever you want to write. Mm-hmm. With, within the logic that you set up for it. Right. Of course, you know, but in certain sci-fi, you know, like, for instance, Next Generation, we're using Star Wars. They could create whatever they want to because of the holodeck. So all of a right. sudden you got Sherlock Holmes going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but even that, I mean, that's a great episode because it has these science fiction ideas of, you know, what is my identity with that sci- mm-hmm. with that Sherlock Holmes episode where – one of the created holograms becomes self-aware and starts wondering, who am I? I, You know, I think what we keep coming, we keep saying it without saying it. At least I'll say it for myself and you can say whether or not you agree or not. So say it with saying it then. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> I, I'm not surprised. So, we, <laughs> so I think that one of the reasons why I am so attracted to science fiction is that uh, as a man, I feel drawn to stories where I have a purpose, where I am working along with a team of people that I care about. And there's actually something bigger than ourselves that we're working towards. Hmm. And so in sci-fi, you know, think about it. You're not telling a story of boring things. You're talking about the story that the apex of their lives. Luke is going to become a Jedi and he's a nobody. He's a nephew, no family. He's a nobody. And at times we've all felt like a nobody, you know, and I think that there's this purpose. I think what it comes down to is purpose. And I think with sci-fi, we can explore creatively uh, purpose. And dramatically. Exactly. You know, there's, there's a lot more drama to that. Um, I, was, I wrote an article once about, um, about this kind of idea, and I was talking about Lord of the Rings and how, uh, you know, basically the whole ring idea there where, where Frodo is trying to throw the ring away and get rid of the ring, and he can't do it. I mean, there's, he's dealing with an addiction. And that's a very dramatic story, and that's something that engages us, and we're willing to sit down and read or 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 watch or whatever, right. um, because we deal with those things. Right. We all have something that we need to throw away that we want to just hold on to, and we hold in our hand, but we need to just get rid of it, you know. And 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 so that's a dramatic story. You know, also a dramatic story is the woman who's addicted to crack and you know wants to kick the habit. It's it's also dramatic, but it's not as flamboyantly dramatic, I guess. And it, they both will will connect with you, but in different ways. And you know that's it's one of those kind of advantages to sci-fi is it, it distances the subject, but at the same time internalizes it. I think Steve. for me, the the draw for science fiction is the possibilities that are open. You know, in each story, in, in one story, you have a, a guy who, you know, whatever he wishes comes true. And that logic works for that story. And it's, it's great and fantastic. And, you know, the end. And then you have a brand new story where, um, you know, a man is bit by a radioactive spider and he can gain spider powers. And that's fantastic. And as long as the logic matches up, it works and, it, and it's really good. And then right. you, you have another story where they're aliens on different worlds and in this other galaxy and everything. And as long as that logic still works, you know, it, it's, it's fascinating because there's so many different options. There's, and it makes you want to say to yourself, what hasn't been thought of? What can right. I think of yeah. that is, is going to have this impact on other people as well? That's, that's interesting. Uh, so far we've talked a, a little bit about, Obviously, our, our focus is why sci-fi, but let me play devil's advocate for a little bit. Oh, no, I'm not going to let you. And, but in Spock years. And, and, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. exactly. See, you exactly. turned evil, didn't you? You played. <laughs> exactly. It did. It just happened the way your church people told you it would. I, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. Why sci-fi? How can you, which most of sci-fi is very humanistic. There seems to be an absence of God in the future or in the fantastic stories. Mm-hmm. So as Christians, yeah. how do you reconcile that? I remember when I was in high school watching Star Trek The Next Generation, and there was the episode where they're they're watching this planet in in secret, and they're hiding you know, behind rocks and stuff where they're, they've got yeah. these little secret bases, and they're watching a planet. The, the development of this culture and the people of the planet accidentally see some of the crew 
and they're brought up to the ship. They see them beaming and everything, and they basically believe the crew of the Enterprise are gods. Right. And I remember P- Captain Picard being upset about the situation, which understandably so, but I remember his, his, uh, reaction was this culture had finally evolved past the need to believe in God. Wow. You know, and, and that was in a lot of ways, and that's, that's, that's used a lot. Um, I've seen some, some debates online with people where they're just like, well, how could you like Star Trek next generation? If you're a Christian, because obviously Star Trek next generation is anti God and anti religion and, and, and it's, it's progressed past well, that was that. Gene Roddenberry's vision. Like he, oh, absolutely. he, he felt that, you know, that faith, and this is not just new to him, but to academia in general, secular society, that, that God is a crutch. So Steve, how do you, as someone who's a Christian man, when you look at, at sci-fi, how do you reconcile your faith with science fiction? Well, usually when I am, when science fi is sci-fi is presented to me, um, I sort of have to say to myself, "Well, how does this fit into a Christian world, a Christian mindset, a Christian worldview?" And then I try to figure it out. I try to tease it to a point where it either does make sense logically in a Christian worldview, or it doesn't. And usually, when it doesn't, that's sort of when it sort of turns on me, and I'm sort of like, "Well, you know, I." I don't really want to spend a lot of time on that now because it it doesn't match up with what my core beliefs are. So if you're spending a lot of time on stuff like that, it, me personally, I mean, other people are different individuals, but me personally, when I dwell on stuff like that, like um, uh, I'm trying to think of something very specific. Well, okay, uh, the, the Star Wars and you, you talk about the force. And I, I grew up and I, people would say, well, yeah, the dark side is the evil and light side is good and everything. But when you really come to think of it, I mean, the force is is one thing. There's a dark side to it and a light side to it. There's not a dark side to God and a light side to God. There's not a dark side to the devil and a light side to the devil. You know, they're individuals. And the force is its own thing. So when the, the prequels came you know, rolling along. And oh. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dig in too much, but oh, I'm just gonna no. I'm, I'm gonna give you my reason why I feel a certain way about Star Wars now that I I, I mean, t- ten years ago, twenty years ago, I completely felt a hundred de- you know, hundred eighty degrees different. It's because when I started to take a look at the logic inside Star Wars, and you're you have these people being you know paraded as the heroes, the Jedi. And then you have the villains who are the Sith, but they're using the same thing. And the force is all about balance. Then all of a sudden you say to yourself, this logic breaks down because if it's all about balance, then the Jedi wouldn't care if they're destroyed because for 10,000 generations, they've been the main thing in the galaxy. Good has been there for 10,000 generations. So if, if the bad guy came along and said, hey, for 10,000 generations, evil is going to be taking over. The Sith are going to be in control. The Jedi, if they were really followers of the Force, would say, okay, that's it. You know, call us in 10,000 generations. And maybe we'll have another turn or something like that. So, so Steve, you're saying that... Um that normally when you look at a story, you, you kind of apply your Christian worldview 
into the context of those stories and, and view it that way? Is that what you're saying? Yes, I try to see how it could possibly fit into um, a Christian worldview. Now, how, well, and, how, if, but, if, but, if Christ, I, I, pre, I presuppose that Christianity is true. And with that pre, presupposition, I say, how could this be true if Christianity is true? Yeah, how does this story line up with truth? Again, yeah. again, again, I'm, again, I'm playing devil's advocate because okay. I, I interact with, you know, I, I'm a college professor, so I interact with people with a lot of different views. But on one hand, uh, Steve, you, you say that you, you implement your kind of personal, your views on it. However, on the other hand, earlier you said you didn't believe that an artist should, you know, you should have a, a certain point. So basically, if story like George Lucas probably didn't mean Star Wars to be Christian at all. Mm-hmm. By you bringing your personal views into it, wouldn't that be relative? Well, it, in a way, yes. But let me explain. What I'm trying to do is say, is how can this person? How can okay? Let's just put George Lucas. How can George Lucas, a flawed human being, just like myself, um, with a uh, a flawed view of Christianity? Let's just say, okay, I'm just using him as as an example. Um, create something. And me personally, I mean, whatever I create is going to be flawed as well. So when I create something, sometimes I look at my stories and say to myself, hmm, well, this story was not done well because I had bad logic. I had bad, you know, theology at that time, whatever. And it's the type of stuff I want to sweep under the carpet or rewrite or something. So I say to myself, you know, I'm going to give George Lucas the benefit of the doubt that this thing is just his viewpoint. And, you know, say to myself, okay, if that's just his viewpoint and that's how he sees things, then obviously he's, he's a flawed human being like we all are. And we live in a world where we exist. So there's, you know, 7 billion different viewpoints on something. So how can his new viewpoint, his science fiction, his fantasy viewpoint, could that exist in a real uh, universe, if that were true, okay. George Lucas can exist there because he's true, okay. He has his own viewpoint. It may be wrong. It may be right. It doesn't matter. He exists there, but he creates something. And I say to myself, could that be true? And basically, I'm, I'm matching it up to the truth and saying, you know, if if it there's some, for instance, um, uh. I'm trying uh, the dinosaurs on Noah's Ark. Okay, it doesn't say that there were dinosaurs on Noah's Ark. It doesn't say that there wasn't dinosaurs on Noah's Ark. Okay, but the thing is, if one, a person wrote a story that had Noah's Ark and there was dinosaurs on Noah's Ark, I wouldn't immediately throw it out. If Let's do that. Person, Let's write a story with with dinosaurs on Noah's Ark. I, I'd like to see that story. See, that okay. would be a great a great great horror story. Can you imagine that? Like just the oh, there's a pair of velociraptors. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Oh wait, don't let it eat any of the sheep. Oh, the unicorns are dead. <laughs> yeah. We now know what happened to the dodo bird. Oh, but no, no I'm we just actually saying, do, ha- do do know what happened to the dodo. Bird, I'm just but. I'm just saying. Either way, if someone wrote a story, either way, I I could read both of them and say, okay, they're they're plausible because the Bible doesn't strictly state one way or the other. It doesn't say if the dinosaurs were alive then, so we don't know. Um, and when I come to uh, someone else's story and try to put it into my terms, 
I look at it the same way and say, you know, is this force, is the logic behind it, is all this stuff, is, is that something that can sort of like slip into the real world? Is this force really a dualistic thing that in George Lucas's viewpoint, he sees a dualism where in, in Christianity we see two separate entities? Or is this something where when we see the whole logic fleshed out where we did, and it's not even a dualism, it's a, you know, a monoism, it's one thing that has this false good and evil terms applied to it because it's all about balance in and of itself. Then but, in but the whole I, in the story I, itself, it breaks down. But doesn't that? I mean, I guess what I'm trying to get at. But doesn't that that comes down to a a personal interpretation? Don't you think? Uh, in what way? Well, I, I had asked if, you know, as far as story... Well, first of all, Ben, do you have anything to say? Because it sounded like earlier you you had something I, I, to come in. I, I did, but I, I forgot what it was. Oh, okay. No, I, I, I think that what, what Steve's kind of getting at here is, is similar to the conversation that kind of was the uh, the conversation that um, caused C.S. Lewis to convert to Christianity, where J.R.R. Tolkien and another friend we're talking to C.S. Lewis about why do these Norse myths really engage you? And it's because there's truth in there. You know, these are lies. These are made up stories. They don't have, uh, you know, they, they don't come from reality, but they reflect, re- reflect reality. And, you know, I think that's kind of what Steve is saying is when he watches something, he's looking for the truth in it. And if it's not there, like with star Wars, he, he has a hard time, you know, reconciling Star Wars with what, you know, with the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's interesting also with Star Wars because to me, I kind of look at it in a different way where, yeah, Steve's uh, insight about the balance thing, I'd never thought of before until he, he mentioned Yeah, that, that, that was actually a very good point. And, it, but at the same time, okay, so that's what George Lucas is saying. All right. He's saying there's balance. He's saying, that Anakin will bring balance to the force. He's saying, you know, the balance is between the dark and the light. Okay. But what he's showing is something completely different because he is showing you people that you want to root for. He's showing you good and evil and he's mm-hmm. showing you and saying, okay, here's the good people. Here are the evil people. And we're going to film this and show this story in such a way that you really want the good guys to win. Even though technically speaking for there to actually be balanced to this, to the force, um, it should end up with, okay, you've got, you know, at the end, there's one good and one bad alive and they're locked in combat and, and, you know, they're not going to, it's, and if they go away, someone else will rise up in their place. Uh, but no, that's not the way it works. You know, in the context of the movie at the end, there's only, you know, the good guys win. Don't give that, don't give it away. Oh, <laughs> why did you have to ruin it? I didn't ruin it. I could have said a lot you just, more. You just told me but... Santa Claus isn't real and that good guys win. <laughs> I have no purpose now to see these things. Well, anyway. Okay, so the answer to you is why sci-fi and yours is, well, no, not sci-fi because Ben ruined it for me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He ruined but, Star Wars. Well, but, let me ask you this. Why do you think, because we're, we're talking about why sci-fi. So why do you think the majority of the fans of sci-fi are men. Obviously, there's some women out there that really like these things, but uh, statistically, they tend to be uh, male audiences. Why do you think that is? Uh, I, first of all, I, I I won't argue that it's not mainly men, but I do think there's more women than you'd expect. 
Yeah, um, it's more every year. I think. Yeah, it, it's it, like Stargate is a half and half fan fan base. It, it, it's 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 one. Sort it's of half like that half. guy in that Star Trek episode that was half black and half white. Yeah, that scared me so much. But um, I think but, originally it was it was. Um, you know, I guess you could you could say uh, you know Frankenstein wasn't written by a woman it was written by a woman but for the most part it was written by men you know H G Wells Jules Verne it was written you know for kids and and women I think put away kids stuff faster than men do and you know men sort of get their es- escapism by projecting outside of the world, you know, See, getting away uh, from the world is, is that is their type of escapism with women. I think their escapism is getting into a more perfect world or a more idealized world. So their escapism is, uh, you know, romance novels where the, the woman gets the perfect man or the, we could discuss that until the cows come home. <laughs> Which we're not gonna going say, to discuss right. until the cows come home. It sounded like you were going to say something or disagree or something. Yeah, I was. But I, I actually then he went on and I'm not now. because. <laughs> um, See, when you no, let I mean, me I, talk I on we, and on and on and on and on, I finally make sense. <laughs> yeah. Hey, just well, let I mean, me know. Next time you start, I'll, I'll push pause and I'll go get me a drink and come back. So. <laughs> and no, wait, disagree wait, with wait. me. What you have is you have different kinds of escapism and you could get very, you have to be careful around this because, um, you know, you're getting into gender differences and stuff like that. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I, I think the part of it is there is that action adventure feel that I think, uh, you know, really gets boys juices going more than it gets, uh, girls. Um, you know, I, I heard someone once say in, in one of my classes, you know, you put a boy in a room with a stick and he's going to come out and he's playing with a gun. You know, mm-hmm. you put a girl in a room with a stick and she's going to come out. She's playing with a doll. Right. You know, and, and women do tend to focus more on relationships and focus more on, you know, look at the way girls, little girls play. My little girl plays with her dolls and they have these long conversations and these <laughs> long different, you know, things like that. But you know, what is a, how does a boy play? A boy makes noises with his mouth. You know, he's. Yeah, I think I think the average I think the average uh, woman uses, and I I could be misquoting here, but it was like it was some really large number, like fifty thousand words a day. And guys, the average guys will use like three to seven thousand words a day. But uh, but I think it's interesting. Um, I don't know if you guys have read the books by John Eldridge, and I don't think this is m- maybe not always true because we're talking about being careful of overgeneralization. But um, in their book, uh, uh, was the first one. Uh, the first one was for men, um, and it, it talked about the the core need of a man is to fill this question: Do I have what it takes? And then their second book for women was captivating: Was Am I Lovely? And I think it's interesting that sci-fi, a lot of it is very action-based, is do I have what it takes? We are drawn to the action hero. We're drawn to that one guy that can actually do it because we identify with them. I think maybe for a lot of women, maybe because it's more of a men-driven, as you guys said, it might be more balanced out, is that the question of am I lovely isn't really addressed in a lot of sci-fi because a lot of the women are green or have three heads or, you know, different things like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see if you guys think there's anything there. 
there, I think there is something there. I, I do think what attracts women to sci-fi is, is the ideas though, you know, and, and with Stargate, you know, look at Stargate and you're talking about that idea of, of beauty or whatever. Um, you've got a strong female lead in Stargate. Um, yeah. Uh, Samantha you know, Carter. Yeah. And, and with, with uh, Star Trek, even you've got, you know, Uhura, she inspired a lot of women to, you know, become, you know, astronauts or, you know, Whoopi Goldberg to yeah. become a bartender on a TV show. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, Whoopi Goldberg, you know, looked at Nichelle Nichols or however you say her name as, as a role model and took on, you know, she's an Oscar winning actress and a marquee actress, sure. but she took on a, a bit part, you know, she Guinan. was a, yeah, she was guy and she did not have top billing. She was not in the opening credits of Star Trek Next Generation. And yet, you know, she wanted to do this because of the way she was inspired by by the role models she saw. Sure. And I think role models is what it comes down to in a lot of ways. You know, I you you like Captain Picard. I like Captain yes. Kirk. You know, I look at I was <laughs> you know, I, I was I was coming across this question myself where I, I was, I had a friend across the street who she was roofing her house by herself. And I, I got home, it was time to eat dinner and I'm talking to my wife and I'm like, okay, I, I'm thinking, you know, what would Charles Ingalls do? You know? And, <laughs> yeah. and I realized that as far as like, you know, these role models for manhood, uh, you know, apart from my father, obviously, and my grandfather, you know, Captain Kirk and Charles Ingalls were, my childhood role models of what it so means wait a, to be so a wait a minute wait a minute you know wait a minute. let me get this straight one of your role models is the the perfect example of family man and your other role model yeah is like the man sleaze bag who i am a everything. conflicted conflicted person this explains I mean, everything ben wow. i want to just everything you know i see someone hurting and i want to both cry and punch out the person who hurt them <laughs> you know i but wait, 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 wait. So you want to you want to cry, punch them and overemphasize every other syllable. Yes. Yeah. Like but, Kurt. but, you know, here's the thing. Though. You talk about Charles Ingalls. I mean, Charles Ingalls was not afraid to, you know, oh, he rocked. I mean, do you, uh, there's one that stuck in my head about where these guys, they're bullies, they're bullying the whole town. And they made they made Laura drop her eggs and oh, yeah. touched her, you know, and he went to their house and he's like, which one of you guys put hands on my yeah, wife? Yeah, I remember that. And yeah. he takes the other guy, throws him out of the house, beats up the guy who touched Laura, and then the other guy gets in and totally just beats up Charles, you know. Yeah. But I mean, so these are these are my examples and and of of you know, these are guys who stuck out. But you know, you look at the the main character of Star Trek, you have Captain Kirk. And what is he what is he? He's a swashbuckling hero. You know who loved Star Trek? Not my mom, but my mom's best friend. And you know why? Because my mom's best friend had a crush on William. I was going to say. I was going to say. It's because yep. uh, she thought he was cute. Yeah. And so, I mean, everyone is, has different preferences. And so why sci-fi for us? Well, we're, we have preferences toward that kind of storytelling. But it, it grew up for us, too, though. At least I hope it did. And, and here's how, like, I grew up is, you know, I started out. Wait, 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 wait. We grew up? Yeah, what does this grew up part? Okay, look, yeah, I used to be three feet this. tall, and I'm now 5'10". I grew See, wait, up, all right? Wait, okay. oh, physically, okay. Ben, you might have, <laughs> Steve and I, I don't know about this grow up thing, but I think maybe that's actually a, a point there, is that maybe <laughs> sci-fi and story is a way that we don't have to grow up. Well, yeah, there's something to that. There's that escapism. And and I have a story I want to tell. You know, a lot of you know superhero stories are about, um, you know, people, it's adolescent power fantasies. I want to do the geriatric power fantasy. 
What? What? <laughs> you know, that sounds like a really bad book title. No, well, yeah, bad book title, but a G-E-F. great, a great concept. But you know, as far as growing up, I do remember in high school picking up some, and I was reading these books, you know, and I read the Star Trek novels, and that actually, when I changed high schools, I, I didn't have a friend in the whole building. And the first or second day of school, I saw these guys walking around, and one of them had a, a Star Trek novel under his arm with his books. And I'm still friends with them now. Wow. All right. I mean, we're, we're still good, good friends. Um, but, uh, you know, I read the Star Trek novels, but I also started reading actual, you know, more hard sci-fi, like Isaac Asimov and that sort of thing. And I found some of these books were really engaging me on a different level. Um, there's one book, and I, I can't recommend this book. All right, because it does have some very, very harsh things in it. I read it when I was in high school. It's called Hyperion, and it's by a guy named Dan Simmons. And this book, you know, it 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 um had action, it had adventure, it had weird things going on, it had giant spaceships and all kinds of things like that. Um, there was, you know, no, I mean, there was some sexual content as well, and that kind of, you know. I was an adolescent, you know, I was in high school. Again, we want to make sure everyone knows we are not promoting this book. I'm, I'm not, not promoting this book. This, because this is back during Ben's depraved era, <laughs> yeah. just so we all know. It's, it's a dark and violent work of fiction. However, it's also very, you know, like Stephen King, where it's, it's dark and violent, but it's, it's, uh, you know, there's no, there's a genius behind it, you know, steering it all together. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. <laughs> but he, things for me. he had these ideas in this book, some very, very deep religious ideas in this book. Um, you know, and, and there's these basically six short stories about six or seven, maybe seven short stories about s- s- different characters who come together. And each one is a different genre. And one of them delves into the New Testament. It's about a missionary to a planet, you know, mm-hmm. and there's some really interesting ideas. Another one is about um, a Jewish man who uh, finds his daughter losing her memory. Every day she loses another day of memory. And it's just very interesting. She's aging backwards and he's aging forward and he's losing her, you know, and he's, it gets into these ideas of, um, you know, Isaac and Abraham, where Abraham had to give up his son. And why did God make him do that? And it's asking these questions. And I found myself asking these questions. Now, some of the answers that Dan Simmons comes up with are not answers you would do, but as far as asking these questions, that's one of the reasons why I like sci-fi. Even when I don't like the answer or don't agree with the answer, I mean, that's a better way to put it. I do like having the questions asked and I like but, it. So that, I mean, that's, that's good because it, it, we, we can ask questions and we can explore it. But we are talking about, you know, is it a, a is sci-fi a way for people not to grow up? If we go back to well, how we, but that's what I'm saying is we. I'm, this is where we're moving past the just action adventure and and fun and rah rah, blow them up and getting into, you know, the questions that these things are asking. You know, the, the that's behind the window dressing. Well, that's I think that's a good point, Ben. As far as, uh, but how do we do? Uh, let me ask it this way. Because right now, uh, there's a term that's been coined uh, by other people, not me, calling men man-children because there's a lot of guys who are not growing up. They just want to get stuck in video games, comic books, superheroes, and they actually never really transition. They don't want to work. Right now, statistically, women are more in college. Women are making more money than men in cities because a lot of guys just aren't wanting to work. So how how can we talk about what you're doing and take science fiction to – 
actually explore things while at the same time not remaining adolescent. Well, there's two different questions there. I mean, one is a cultural thing where you've got these guys who are stuck in video games and you've got these, you know, kids who are, who are not doing, you know, they're not growing up. They're stunted emotionally. Um, and stunted, uh, you know, uh, intellectually as well in some ways. Um, that's more of a cultural thing because what we're talking about, yeah, I still enjoy Star Wars and I enjoy the escapism there and I enjoy escaping into my childhood. Right. You know, I enjoy revisiting these things. However, I'm revisiting these things with my kids and I'm hopefully pushing like my son right now to start asking some of these questions. We talk about the force. We talk about, you know, we watch a, I have a DVD set of one of my favorite series from childhood, which is, we're going to talk about when we do the time travel episode, um, which is an upcoming episode, but, uh, with the time travel thing, it's called Voyagers. And it's about, you know, this kid and this, uh, adventure guy going around fixing time. Okay. It's cool, man. And, so now I get to have these discussions with my son about, you know, time travel and, and choices. And because time travel stories to me are about choices. They're about the things we do affect the future. And, you know, when you do time travel, you're trying to fix what you've done or whatever. But, um, you know, or, and I'm, I'm, conversely, it's um, if you've already done something in the past, you can't fix it in the future. Sometimes, you know, that's. Like, you know, when people try to go back in time and, and have Lincoln not be assassinated. Right, right. So it's, it's an interesting uh, it, It's of, fun to explore. Fun. It's fun to explore yeah. these ideas. And so, yeah, I think the whole growing up thing or not growing up, it's kind of two different questions. If you are on track and you are, like, growing up, you're not just this man-child, um, that's one thing. And then you have another – it's another so, subset so you, of, of science you, fiction fan, so ba- I guess. So basically, to summarize your argument, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying you're wrong. That si- that yeah, of course. <laughs> Go Just ahead. assume that. Just yeah. assume that I'm wrong. So you you would say that science fiction itself is not uh, the cause of a generation not growing up, but rather it being used in the wrong way. That perhaps instead of growing up, they're going to sci-fi. So it's it's not the cause, but maybe one of the outlets that people go to. Well, yeah. I mean, look at the movie Trekkies, right? You have some emotionally stunted individuals in that movie. I honestly think that the reason they're drawn to Star Trek is because they're emotionally stunted. I'm not saying every Trekkie is emotionally stunted. I'm saying that the, the ones you see who are like that, they're drawn to Star Trek because there's acceptance there. And right. it engages them on you know that Community. level. Community, 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 yeah, okay. and it's it's like minded, you know, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. I I don't think that science fiction or fantasy or you know comic books or video games are the cause. Well, video games might be more of a cause. I do think that what you're talking about is definitely a symptom, and so, that sci-fi can be part of the symptom. So basically, science fiction is a car, and it depends on who's driving it. I, yeah, I'd go with that. I mean, what do you sure. say? You're you're asking all the questions. You're being yeah. all devil's advocate. I'm <laughs> I'm trying to get you guys to you know make this discussion happen or whatever. But um, what do you think? I mean, I you're 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 facilitating say, facilitating some good discussion here, but you're not really going okay. on record here. All right. Well, I, I'll tell you, I I personally think that 
sci-fi is a great, I believe it's a vehicle, but, um, you know, it's just like anything. I think there are certain things like we talked about community. People are drawn to sci-fi communities because they want to be around like-minded people. There's a common language. When you talk about someone who's a fan of the same show, I think these are all substitutes for God. You know, if you've heard the phrase, we all have kind of a God-shaped hole in us, and only God can actually fill that hole. So I think that sci-fi, like you were saying, is a great vehicle to discuss things. I think sci-fi is a great way to discuss even spiritual truths, if the storyteller does that. Uh, But I do think that, um, like many things in the world, that sci-fi can become a, a kind of a secular, fantastical religion. So I think that I don't think sci-fi itself is the cause. I think it, it's a, a way of escape. Mm-hmm. And you could say that about almost anything. I mean, you can yeah, say that about sure. romance novels. You can sports, say that about sports. sports. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, and it's the same thing you've got with sports. You've got this community. You've got um, you've great got, stories. You've got heroes right. and, and you've got overcoming. Heroes and you've got discussion about, well, why are we attracted to sports? Why are we attracted to follow one team? And, you know, it's it's very interesting how much – and I've also heard you know, you have even fantasy football. What's fantasy oh, yeah. football? It's Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> hey, 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 sports fans. Do not, do not do that. I love fantasy football. I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. Well, you know why? You don't need to play Dungeons and Dragons because you play fantasy right. football. That's right. right. No, I mean, seriously, it's it's the same kind of thing. You know, you're, you've got the stats. You've got you know you're you're creating a story uh, right. by by assembling your team. Have you don't you ever, have as much control over the characters because you're, you're getting. I, have, have you ever played fantasy football? I have not. I because have not. As, as a fantasy football, I can see what you. I kind of talk about it as like a combination of football and chess you have to be strategic but the difference what i would argue the difference between fantasy football and dungeons and dragons is that you don't actually become a character no you, you don't well you yes are, you do yes you do you're you become, managing you become managing. the manager you become the, the manager yeah. of the team but you, you are, can't dictate what they do you are totally at their mercy for what they do you chose who's going to be on your team just like you're at the mercy of the dice yeah, you know, you I roll mean, the dice. You're rolling the dice when you pick uh, I, I you know, do, Tom Brady. Or, you I, know, I, is he going to get injured? <laughs> Who knows? I do agree that you don't. <laughs> it's not the same level of becoming a character where you're you're building with with Dungeons and Dragons. You are building or any role playing game. You're building from the ground up a character. And with fantasy football, you're handed characters. You're handed your stats, and you're 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 taking on the role. Not the character, but the right, well, that's, role that would of be my main argument. Is no, and that I agree. The I agree. Main level of involvement is is much much lower. Well, depending on the level of of you know Dungeons and Dragons, you know, I I did play role playing in in high school. I did not play Dungeons and Dragons, but we did the Star Wars role playing game. We did Marvel superheroes role playing game. We did the Star Trek uh, strat- strategic. Um, battle games you know and that kind of thing. so so basically and that's that's where you got the term geek at the front of the podcast right that's where you got it from yeah i mean i'm totally i i <laughs> I, I should say I, I i projected that upon you guys from my own experience that yes it was, pr- it was so, probably pretty accurate ben it was probably pretty accurate. Uh, maybe I, I'll, I'll revise it to one geek one guy and another guy an old guy yeah, a geek an old guy and uh and Jace. So yeah, so a, a geek, a geezer, and um, we have to start with G. It has to start with G. 
a geek, uh, a geezer, and a guy. A guy. We'll, we'll figure this out off air. Okay. All right, all right, <laughs> or, or we can just simplify it and just call ourselves the Sci-Fi Guys. Sci-Fi, sci-fi guys. guys. I like it. Why like Sci-Fi it. Guys? Yes. Sci-Fi Guys has a has a ring to it. So um, we need to start wrapping up things. Uh, we are coming close to the end of our our hour, and I don't know if we're actually going to be an hour or, or not, but we're going to call it the end of our hour. Um, it's not like 60 minutes where you have the ticking clock, although that might be a good thing someday. Um, so in, in, in any last words, I guess, uh, uh, Jace, we'll start with you. Any last words about, about why sci-fi and, or, or why not sci-fi or, or whatever? Well, actually, actually what I, what I was going to say is that why don't we ask our audience, what are some, why sci-fi for you? What are some things you'd like us to talk about? Why, what draws you to sci-fi? Write us, uh, contact us, let us know what, what kind of things you'd like to know about and what draws you so we can discuss some of the things that you care about. And um, actually, Ben, w- would it be okay to, if, if, if all of us give one or two things that we would like to talk about in the future about sci-fi? Yeah, sure. I mean, we're this, and, and this should kind of lead into what we are going to do. We're going to talk about different topics. Um, we're going to, some will be very specific, like, um, Star Time Trek. Travel. Yeah. You know, I'm sure we'll do an episode about Star Trek. I'm sure we're going to do an episode about Star Wars, but some will be more generic. Like time travel is one that that's definitely coming up for us. Um, and, and, uh, you know, different, different topics like that. And honestly, uh, to our listeners, if you have a topic you'd like us to touch on, um, let us know. And, and if it engages us, we, we'd love to talk about it too. Um, you know, don't say pride and prejudice because uh, Jace will just check out, but, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we like to know what you want to talk. Oh, wait, you said pride and prejudice. Sorry. I just, it just happens. Yeah. That, that snoring went on longer than I expected. Pride and um, prejudice. I couldn't hear myself with these headphones on. I couldn't hear. I, I couldn't tell if you could hear me or not. Um, oh, believe me, we could hear you. Yeah, it was worse than Steve chewing earlier. Um, <laughs> but anyway, and uh, I apologize profusely that if it was that. <laughs> but yeah, we would like to hear what topics uh, you're interested in us talking about. We are planning on talking about a lot of different different things and and looking at, like I said up at the the front of the show, looking at these uh, ideas and stories through the lens of our faith, and then also looking at our faith through the lens of these stories. So yeah, uh, Steve, do you have any last words? Any final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, going forward, if, if someone's listening to this and they're sort of new to it or new to the concepts that we're raising or, or something like that, I would say, you know, look to real truth. Look to something that's, you know, true truth. Look to the Bible, look to God's word. And whatever you see, whatever you view, if you can watch Star Wars and I can't, so be it. But remember to match it up from whatever you're viewing. It could be non-science fiction. Whatever you're viewing, whatever you're listening to, match it up to the truth and move forward from there. That, that is a good point. You know, we are talking about these fictional things that point to truth or don't. But, um, yeah, I mean... You, this is not, you know, the ideas in science fiction are no replacement for actual a- truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, uh, that's our episode. Thank you very much for spending this hour with us. Thank you, Jace. Thank you, uh, Steve. You're welcome. 
And thank you, me. Why, thank why, you, did, ben. I, why did I just thank do that? Thank you, Jace. <laughs> thank we you. Should, thank you. We should all thank everybody. Yeah, let's thank everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And uh, next next episode, we'll be posting in about two weeks. Um, I don't know what our topic is going to be, so I can't really give you much of a teaser, except uh, it will be about something. It, it might be about time. It might be about time travel, but we might do a time travel episode much later in, in the, the series. Future, in which, yes. In which case, we will come back and not do a time travel episode. Yes. And then move on right. from there. Okay, so basically, Ben just said, we don't know what we're going to do. That's a great seller. And then we just did a very confusing time traveler, traveler tag. So please come back and hear us again. We're going to get better <laughs> as the weeks go on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is our pilot episode. There's nowhere to go but up. Um, <laughs> That's true. Thanks for listening and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Dr. Jace O'Neill, and Steve McDonald. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We invite you to join the conversation by visiting our website, www.strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also follow us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or like us on our Facebook page. If you'd like to email us directly, our email is podcast at strangersandaliens.com. And once again, thanks for listening. We just lost the entire female population.